Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode 21. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my life, and that's sort of the the topic for today anyway. But when things sort of come up in life, this sort of just got put to the put to the back burner. And it's not that I haven't wanted to talk about things or that I haven't needed to talk about things or anything like that. It's just sort of you you have to prioritize things and a lot of other stuff just became more important. So I just haven't really had a good chance to, to record or really the, just the uh, the desire to put it all together to get everything to record. But going to give it a shot here today. Since it's been a while, I definitely am rusty at doing this. So hopefully it's not too bad of an episode. Might be a little bit shorter than normal because I'm still sort of collecting my thoughts for what I want to talk about. But we're going to give it a shot and hopefully it, it all works out in the end. But today to really kind of hone in on the subject that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea of change, the idea of how do we react to change and what do we do when we're faced with change, good or bad. Change isn't necessarily one way or the other, and change is sort of inevitable. Change constantly happens, whether on large scale or small scale or a variety of issues. So it's more of about how do we respond to change and what should we do in the face of change to not necessarily make things better, because I don't know if that's always an option or a realistic goal, but rather just the the notion that the way you respond to things ends up influencing a lot about how you actually deal with the situation. For me, the, a lot of change that's happened to me in the past couple months, since definitely since the last time I published an episode, um, a lot of stuff's changed just sort of in personal life, I would say. I think the biggest one would be I, I'm finally moved out on my own. I have my own place and trying to get all of that settled. And that's both a good change, a necessary change, and a, a scary change just because it's it's not something I've really done before and I really haven't had the opportunity to do. I've I've lived on my own, but not quite like this, and uh, it's it's just different, and again, it's not bad, it's a very good thing, but it's taken a while to adjust, and it's taken a while to fully settle in and kind of get back into a rhythm and get back into sort of a, a normal mode of living, if you will, and that's, that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this, but there's been other changes in my life. I know in one of the earlier episodes that I did, um, I'm assuming the one, one of them around in May or June. I talked about a diagnosis of uh, type 2 diabetes for me, and that's another change as well that I'm still getting used to because, frankly, I'm six months out from that diagnosis, and so I've had time, and I'm used to sort of, you know, having to test my blood sugar and take the necessary medications I'm on and um, take my insulin and figure out how not to eat sugary things, and all of that's a good change in terms of I'm moving in the right direction, but it's hard because I developed one pattern that was clearly very bad and I have to develop a new pattern that's at the very least better, maybe if not totally good. And moving out on your own, it obviously influences that kind of stuff. Um, There's also other sort of nuances within that. For example, I've 
started to get back into my weightlifting, which is a very good change. But at the same time, it's hard to develop a rhythm for that because you have to dedicate time to go to the gym, whether it's a close one or a far one. If you're doing it with people, if you're doing it by yourself, it takes dedication because you actually have to commit to doing that on a regular basis. Otherwise, it's kind of worthless. And so it's just a lot of change. It's a lot of things you have to adjust and actually try on and none of these things are inherently bad but they're they're change and change is hard for people because whether we want to or not we're we're, we're creatures of habit we we like rhythm we like consistency in what we do and it's it's this weird thing where no one likes doing a consistent you know traditional nine to five job monday through friday but at the same time that provides a rhythm for you and you can anticipate things and there is a comfort in that rhythm Rhythm. There is a comfort in that kind of schedule because you can. it's the ability to anticipate things. That nine to five, Monday through Friday, you know exactly what you're going to be doing. You're going to be working. You don't know necessarily what you're going to be doing at work, but the, the scope of what you're doing is pretty well set. You know, you're not going to be doing your regular job and then be asked to do something completely not related to your job while you're working. It doesn't really happen that way. So you can anticipate what you're going to be doing. And that's, that's, the, that's what I mean by rhythm. We get into these patterns of how we adjust things you know like you'll you can and you develop patterns and rhythms in, in smaller ways you know you have certain nights where you cook certain foods or there's certain nights where you go out for foods or like you know for me um i've developed a thing where on friday nights i go have dinner with my mom and like it's a good thing to, to kind of you know do these things but we, we develop them in patterns because we can anticipate them and it, it, it creates a sense of normalcy and i would say this is something people who have been through trauma crave a lot more um, um, and I'm, I'm highly aware of this. I've gone through my fair share of trauma. And so I'm, I'm just kind of, I guess, aware that I'm that way. I, I like rhythm. I like patterns. I like anticipating what's going to happen next. I like having a plan for things. Even if I'm doing something that's not my normal rhythm, I like to plan it out. So I kind of have an understanding of what's going to happen. And it's not that I dislike doing things sort of off the cuff or on the fly or whatever, because, you know, life's good to have some sort of spontaneity, but I don't want that on a consistent basis. And I don't want that necessarily for large things. Like for example, I think for me, I wouldn't like if all of a sudden I had to up and move my life to another state, let alone another country and, um, do a completely different kind of job and not have that be something I anticipated or tried for and just sort of was told I was doing that. And that's what was going to happen. I think for me personally, that's not a good thing that, that stresses me out that, that makes me anxious and I don't like that kind of lifestyle. There are people who do, and I'm not trying to discredit that or say that's invalid. I, I, I just think that for most people, I don't think that's the case. I think most people like spontaneity in small regards and I and normalcy and rhythm in large regards. Because again, we anticipate. We we know what's going to happen in a general sense, and that gives us that kind of puts us in a comfort level. And even with the stuff I was talking about in my life that's been changes, I wouldn't even call those massive changes. Moving is a big change, but at the same time, I knew where I was going to move. I knew what I was going to move in terms of I had all of my stuff together to move. And I've, I've known that kind of stuff for, I knew it for months before I was going to move. And 
that's part of kind of redeveloping rhythm in the midst of change, right? It's saying, yeah, this thing's going to change, but I can kind of game plan what it's going to look like. I can kind of game plan what's going to happen. And it doesn't solve everything, but it sort of mitigates the problem from, from my perspective. And none of that, I think, is inherently bad, but it just got me thinking about the concept of change in general, because I've been through other changes in my life where I, I really didn't have a say, you know, for example, um, family members passing away or um, illnesses. I've had at least four members of my family, I think, have strokes, three or four um, within my lifetime. And that's just stuff you can't predict. You can't game plan for that because by its nature, it's completely random. <laughs> I mean, you can game plan in the sense that this person's at a higher likelihood for stroke, but you can't know like, oh, on this Tuesday, this person's going to have a stroke. We're, we're not there medically. Don't know if we're ever going to be. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not going to pretend to know. But with that kind of stuff, I just got started thinking about like, what do you do when you react to that? How do we respond to that in a productive manner? And and what do we do when life throws us these sort of curveballs? And I think in some ways I've talked about this before and have kind of addressed some of these issues. But at the same time, I think specifically when the con in the context of when these things change, whether anticipated or not, what do you do as a response? And I talked a little bit about one thing to do. It's reestablish rhythm, whether that's sort of copying what you were doing before, just in a new environment. Um, moving would be something like that. Or reestablishing a new rhythm to change which from, from what you were doing before in order to improve upon it or radically alter from it in order to just be better. Uh, again, within my context, um, redefining a rhythm of using spare time for lifting and then redefining how I approach stuff like dieting and um, just general health with uh, the diabetes stuff. And redeveloping and kind of resetting rhythms, I think, is a good place to start because that, that kind of sinks you back into a groove where you can start being able to process information better. Because when you're, you're thrown new stuff all at once, it's sort of sensory overload. That's the only way I know how to sort of describe it and think about it because it's you having to learn how to react and change your pattern of thinking and action within an entirely new context. And it requires a lot of effort to do that because we like to, as just humans with our, in the way our brains operate, the things that are normal everyday processes, we, we don't consciously think about, we put them on the back burner and just let our brain kind of, you know, cruise control through them because we want to focus active, dedicated brain power to the things that actually need it. You know, you don't have to dedicate a lot of brain power to how you just approach, um, you know, regular eating habits necessarily, or you don't have to approach, you don't have to think about that in terms of like when you need to use the bathroom, you can sort of just do that when, when you need to. And like, not that all of these things change drastically all the time, but when they do, you, you just got to reestablish what that looks like. So you can no longer have to think about the, the small things. And I think that's almost an overlooked portion um, and not one that that I personally hear a lot of people talk about. And I just think that's a, a huge thing to, I guess, focus on and just spend a little time on just because when when we reestablish that kind of stuff, it's it's returning us to, you know, to, to use the word homeostasis, but just like, just a place, a, a place where we can re reorganize ourselves and actually spend some time to think about what's happening. I think when I was younger, my problem was that I would be thrown all these sorts of curveballs in terms of change, whether 
on a large scale or a small scale, I got plenty of both. And I never really knew how to reset myself in order to properly think about the the new information I needed to actively think about and needed to actively process. I was too busy trying to handle the day-to-day things, the hour-to-hour things, and just sort of get by to sort of just manage and survive. And at the very beginning of things, that's all you can do. And that's okay, because at the end of the day, none of the other stuff doesn't matter if you can't survive, right? None of the other stuff matters if you can't get through the next hour. It's, it, it is prioritizing in that sense. And so, yes, you, you need to actually do those things to get through the next hour, the next day, the next whatever. But the, the big thing there is to reestablish what, what a normal rhythm could be for those things, what, what a normal way of operating is for those things. Because once you can establish that, then you can actually take dedicated brain capacity and active thought into the, the bigger scope things. You know, like how do you actually handle a new constant reality, right? And, and so so it's it's taking the problem as an entirety and just paring it down. And the, the starting point for every single kind of change, big or small, is always going to be how do you develop that rhythm to get through next hour, next day? Obviously, you're starting at the smallest level possible and building up, right? If you don't know how you're going to get through the next hour, you need to figure that out first. And then once you figure out a rhythm for getting through hour by hour, then you go, okay, how do I get through day by day? And then you can kind of go, you know, how to get through three days by three days or week by week and you you sort of build up from there because by the time you get through how do I get through year by year you're at that large scale you're you're at the redefining how you actually move forward from the change knowing that you can't go back from that change you you can't necessarily revert back to how things were before and that's not a bad thing we we like to think of it as sort of the you know the the happy past that we would love to get back that we would love to reestablish because things were better back then and maybe they were maybe they weren't but you can't go backwards and that's not a new thought at all but you you have to consciously like tell yourself that because it, again, from my own experience, you subconsciously just want to move back and say, oh, can we just make things how they were? And maybe in some regards you can, maybe in some aspects you can kind of just say, well, I'm going to approach it like this thing didn't happen because if I do that, it's still going to work. And usually uh, that's on a smaller scale thing, but if you can go ahead, but in larger scope, you probably can't revert back to exactly how things were. Change doesn't work that way. Change makes you have to alter what you're doing moving forward, whether slightly or largely. And again, that's not, bad, but it does take effort to actually do that. It takes effort to actually make that change, to make that effort, to install that, and to make that a productive element of your life. And so when you're when you're approaching that, it's it's more about, okay, I've I've done the small stuff, I know how to get through day by day, whatever. But how do I adjust things moving forward to to redevelop that rhythm to to make things actually better? What what do I need to actually change in light of what what the change happened in my life that I couldn't control because we all want to have control over our lives. We all want to have the ability to have this grand influence over what happens, what is going on in our lives. And again, to a small regard, I think we can. I think on obviously the, the smaller the issue, I think the more control you can have, but a lot of stuff you can't control. And we all know that, but we act like we don't because it 
it's better to lie to ourselves that we can control things instead of face the reality that we can't control a lot of things. And so when we can't control the things, it's your response to the things. A lot about how you process information and a lot about how you react to information is the response part of it because that is the part you can influence. That is the part you can change. So how do you respond to a situation? Well, you actually have to acknowledge the change that happened. I've seen it too many times in people and myself as included in this where they approach the change as though it didn't actually happen more as though they saw it in a movie or something like that and went oh okay so that's like a thing that could happen or like you know if it did happen it would look this way but it didn't actually happen to me so I don't really need to adjust the way I'm doing things in order to make it better. And the problem with that is that it's never going to work. It's never going to be a long-term solution. It's always going to keep you stuck in a now broken loop. So before the event of change happens, you are in your own rhythm before that, whatever that looks like. When the change happens, it breaks the loop. And we like to think we can duct tape that old loop back together and just keep playing it. But it's, it, it's, it's beyond repair. You can't fix that. You have to do, develop a new loop, a new rhythm in order to actually function. The, the new rhythm, the new loop can look similar and can have a lot of similar components, but it's not going to be the same. It by its nature cannot be the same thing. That's the reality of change. Change causes new information to be inputted into a situation that you have to account for. And so acknowledging the change happened is a big component. The first component, the first necessary component to actually develop the new rhythm to move forward. Once you acknowledge it, I would say easily the hardest part. Then from there, it's okay. I, I know this is a thing that happened. From there, it's getting a grasp on what that means in regards to you and how you need to actually adjust to it. So for example, in, in my own life with, with the diabetes part, it was very difficult for me to actually accept the fact that I had that diagnosis because I saw, uh, Two of my grandparents and my father struggle with that disease, if, if that's what you want to call it. And I never wanted that to happen to me. And I, in my mind, thought I was never going to get there because of what I was doing. And clearly that wasn't the case. And clearly I had fallen off whatever good intentions I had and, and was doing. And therefore the, the thing happened. The change happened and I was diagnosed with diabetes. And it took me a while to accept that. It took me a while to acknowledge that that was real. I basically was in, in denial saying like, no, it, it can't be this because I'm not them. I'm I'm doing better than what they were doing. I can't be them. And reality is I wasn't doing better than them. And probably in a lot of ways I was doing worse than them. And therefore the change happened. Then it's okay. I acknowledge the change happened. I acknowledge the fact that I was diagnosed with this diabetes. Okay. What do I do to account for that moving forward? Well, the first obvious stuff is to remove the crap from my life that caused the thing to happen and change that into good things. Um, easiest one for diabetes is you <laughs> you get rid of sugar, right? So any crap candy or anything like that kind of goes out the window. And you do you redevelop a way of approaching life that doesn't involve all of this stuff. And that's that's sort of the okay, I've I've acknowledged it. What do I do about it? Okay, I can understand what to do about it. And then the obvious final step is just to do it. And I say that as though it's a simple thing. And it's not, it's not a simple thing at all. 
but the follow through is an underrated step because good intentions and well laid plans are all well and good, but if there's no action behind it, who who cares, right? And so you actually have to do what you claim you are going to do. And it's not a revolutionary thought, but at the same time, I think a lot of people also want to get stuck on, I have these great ideas about what I need to change. And then they just go, but I'll start it tomorrow or I'll, I'll do it next week. Or, oh, you know what? It's, it's a little late. You know, maybe I'll just, I'll push it to next time. And you can keep doing it for the rest of your life. You can always keep pushing it off. You can always keep not wanting to actually readjust to a new reality. You can keep trying to go back to that old reality and it, it's not going to work because it, it takes effort and it's hard. The effort is hard. And, and at the end of the day, we don't want things to be hard. We want to develop a rhythm where things are easier, but starting a new rhythm is very difficult. So you have to get past an initial hurdle in order to make things better because what in the response to change, you have to develop a new rhythm. Once you started a new rhythm, once you've done the difficult part of actually starting it, and then you actually develop a new rhythm, then it's a rhythm, right? It's an actual rhythm and you actually get into a flow of things and it becomes a lot easier. You don't struggle with it nearly as much. And you kind of look back and go, well, why didn't I do that sooner? And yeah, why didn't you? <laughs> I say that to myself all of the time. Why didn't I do this sooner? Well, because it was hard at first and it sucked at first. And then when you got used to it, it didn't suck as much, but it sucked to start. And you have to be okay with that. It's knowing that it's going to be difficult at first and being okay with that. Not liking it, but being okay with that. It's having the ability to look forward enough and saying, yes, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to want to do this, but it will be worth it. It will be worth it at some point. If I stick with this, it will be good. And you know, this is a general saying, right? This is general talk. Like sometimes when you try to develop a new rhythm, it doesn't work and you suffer through things only to figure out that was a bad idea. And that's hard because then you're essentially starting from scratch and having to develop a new, new rhythm. But I think even if you try and fail, it still gets you back in the mode of, well, I, I was trying something and I can see where it didn't work, but at the same time, I think I know what to do now to actually do the thing, to actually change, to actually move forward, to develop a new rhythm, to, to get back to a place where I can operate. And so at the end of the day, it's how do we reestablish that kind of new rhythm? It's, are you willing to put forward the effort to actually do that? Are you willing to fail in order to do that? And that's hard because we don't want to fail. No one likes failing. It's sort of the same mentality of we don't want to start a new rhythm. We, we don't want to change things because the possibility for failure means things are going to be hard because failing and responding to failure and therefore having to change things to not fail is all hard. It's all not easy. And so this isn't me trying to say that all of the change in your life can be resolved by actually just doing something by trying hard enough because that's not true. It's it's just not. There's a lot of things that can be solved by putting in effort and effort actually will change things versus not putting in effort and things won't change. I say there's a lot of parts in our life that can be influenced like that. And I would argue a lot more than we kind of give credit for. But at the same time, some things don't work that way. Some things don't pan out. Some things can't be influenced by sheer effort. And when that happens, what what is your response? Honestly, it's the same response you have to have to, ch to change in 
general. It's acceptance. It's acceptance of realities, of elements of life you can't influence, that you cannot change. And all you can do with that is accept it and move forward and then basically say, okay, I cannot change this, but how do I still operate within this? Okay, this thing I tried to react to this, to alter my life, to account for this change didn't work. Well, that is now another change that you have to respond to and you do the process over and over. This whole process is lifelong because life will constantly be throwing you change. Big or small, it doesn't matter. It'll constantly be changing on you. And so you're constantly having to respond to that. That's just living. And so you have to accept the things that happened and then move forward with what you can do and actually change what you can to actually alter what you can to account for whatever happened. And it's here that I'm going to get into kind of my religious portion because the whole framework of what I just talked about is actually summed up in what is called the serenity prayer. It's said a lot at stuff like AA meetings and for, you know, obviously like um, addicts for alcohol and drugs and that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, Lord, grant me the uh, strength to, ch- uh, I'm saying it wrong. Let me, <laughs> let me look it up here real quick. It's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. So to reference what I've just been talking about, serenity to accept the things I cannot change. You have to just accept the things you cannot influence courage to change the things I can. That's the action part, right? That's the effort part of things where if there is something you can alter in response to the things that happen in your life, you actually have to have courage. I like the word strength there a little bit better than courage, but you know, pretty interchangeable. You, you actually have to, uh, you have to do those things. You actually have to go about those things and wisdom to know the difference, understanding what the things are you can influence and can adjust to and can change and the things that are essentially set in stone to the point you have no influence over them. The things you cannot change are the things you must accept and you must know what those things are so you don't waste your time beating your head against a brick wall. That's the whole point of that prayer. It is it is a prayer. I've, it's religious in nature, though I don't think it's necessarily just for religious people. But what I do like about it and the reason why it is a prayer, it starts off with, because it is a prayer, God. And for me, that's, that's the hinge point of all of this. As a Christian, it's you're going about these things to change your new rhythms, right? To, to, to develop develop these new rhythms to to make a new lifestyle change but it all starts with god it all starts with saying god i can't actually do most of these things i i want to do these things but i can't it's acknowledging that you can't do a lot without the help of god and that's that's a hard thing to acknowledge because again we want to have control over so much of our lives and the reality is we don't so what do we do we turn to god we actually ask him to be there with us to be there for us to actually help us in these times. So we ask God, help me to accept these things I can't control. Give give me that peace of mind. God, allow me the ability to actually change those things I can because I can't do much without you and I cannot change these things without you. So help grant me the ability to do so if this is something I can change. And God, help me have the wisdom to know the difference so I don't waste my time on trying to change the things I can't. And so I use my time correctly on changing the things I can. And the idea of pointing it back to God ultimately is because with God, one, you actually get those things, right? You actually get the ability to distinguish. You actually gain the courage, the strength to actually do things. And you grant you are granted the peace to actually accept the, the parts of your life you have no control over. But 
with God, the definitions of what is something you can change and what is something you cannot change are different. When you rely on God, th those definitions are vastly different. Because when you're saying, God, help me in this situation, there's a certain portion of it that's saying, help me to do some things. And at a certain level, I think that's okay. But at the same time, you're saying, God, there are things I cannot do. And those are the things I give over to you. Acceptance is saying, I cannot change this thing. Therefore, God, I give it to you. And that's that's the healthy part. Because when you actually give it over to God, allow God to actually operate within that space. It's not that the, the thing you couldn't change all of a sudden does change magically what happens is you actually let go of it. You're, you're actually giving your burden over to God and saying, this is not something I can actually take. I'm, I don't have the capacity, God, but I know you do. And I know you said you would. So please take it. It's it's acknowledging the, the verse in Matthew that's Jesus saying, take my yoke for it is light because Jesus wants us to be able to actually function. He wants us to actually be able to move forward. And that's the whole part of this process. You give up these things you can't control to God because you can't carry them. You don't have the capacity to, and that's not a blemish on you. That's a reality of who you are as a person. So you give it to God and God carries it. And then God also shows you in the midst of that, here are things that you can do to change the parts of your life that you have the ability to in order to reestablish that new rhythm, to reestablish yourself in whatever is a the new reality you live in based on what's happened. Because God God knows that that's what we need. We need to reestablish ourselves. We need to reclaim who we are. And that all starts and ends with him. We can't do it outside of him, no matter how hard we try or no matter how much we want to. I think that's about all I've got for this round. It actually went longer than I thought anyway. So I think this is a good place to stop. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there is a good time gap between the last one I published and this one, I think about three months. <laughs> so for anyone actually listening to this, Thanks for sticking around and actually wanting to listen to this. If you're new here, welcome. Please listen to some of my older episodes. I think there, there's some good ones in there, some okay ones. Um, I'm going to try to get back into doing this a little more regularly. Um, hopefully doing some ones that aren't necessarily uh, topical in this sense. Um, maybe just more like movie ones or something like that. Just to, just to talk about stuff. Um, but I'm hoping to get into a rhythm <laughs> of just doing this a little bit more. So, uh, hopefully you see some more episodes for me on this. If you have any suggestions for what I should talk about next or ideas, uh, questions about what I was talking about, you want to tell me how wrong I am for what I just said. I do have an email for this podcast. It is being still podcast podcast at gmail.com. It should also be in the description for this episode. And I'll take any and all comments, questions, concerns you have in that email, and I will respond to you relatively soon. I, I check that email pretty often, uh, but I will respond to you. So uh, please feel free to email there. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.